Today's guest has 20 years television experience behind him. Producer Jerry D'Alessandra has worked on many popular and successful TV shows, including The Amazing Race, American Idol, The Weakest Link. He has also worked 11 seasons on the CBS hit series Big Brother. Most recently, he has served as the co-executive producer uh, for that show. He was a showrunner and director on two international TV shows, the Emmy-nominated CBS series The Voyager with Josh Garcia and the A&E series Good Spirits. As of today, he has produced in 42 cities in 30 countries and on five continents. When he's not traveling the globe, Jerry calls Merida, Mexico home, where he lives with his wife and three dogs. He has traveled to 64 countries, including Iran. Jerry D'Alessandro, welcome to Papa Bear Hikes. Thanks for having me. So you've traveled to some really interesting places, I see. Um, And, you know, being an outdoors podcast, an outdoors theme, I just, I find some of your experiences just really motivating to, you know, do more. I mean, there's a lot to do in our own backyards. I tell people that here in our own country, but... You're out there on continents experiencing some of these things, experiencing just environments that some of us will never even know what it's like to be in. So I'd yeah, like to uh, talk to us. Go ahead, Jerry. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, I love to travel. My wife and I are big travelers. We're, we're almost always somewhere else. <laughs> so I'd like to start by talking about Kenya, your experience in Kenya, because I'm going to go through some of these ones I've noticed that you've been to that I just think people really are interested in hearing about, quite honestly. I just think they're that interesting. Kenya, you were on a safari, as I understand. Yes, in the Masai Mara uh, uh, Reserve in Kenya. It's a short flight from Nairobi. Mm -hmm. And what did you do while you were in Kenya? What kind of outdoor Uh, excursions? Well, the main reason we went to Kenya was for the uh, the safari, um, and it was a um, three-day safari we did in the Masamara. Uh, and, you know, it's basically every day you get up, and after breakfast, you're you're just out on the, in the Masamara Plains, and, um, you know, they're, they radio to each other, all of the, the, um, the rangers, so that you can get the best experience possible as far as like seeing the most, uh, wildlife. Um, and we did see pretty much everything there is to see except jaguars. Jaguars are pretty hard to find. Uh, so we, we didn't see the big five, but we saw the big four plus many others. Um, and then we also went out one night that you can uh, go out at, in the evening um, where you can see a little bit more. That's when like hippos are most active. They come out of the water. So you can see hippos a little better. Uh, and some of the other creatures that hunt at night, you can kind of keep an eye on them at night, which is very cool. Um, and one of the coolest things we got to do is one of the days um, we stopped for lunch in the middle of the plains. And, you know, you, you, they just throw down, they stop the Jeep, they throw down a, a blanket and you just sit there 
out of the safety of the truck, you know, eating lunch as zebras and giraffes are kind of walking by in the distance. It's a very, very cool experience. I just want to clarify for people listening, you know, this wasn't a safari like we're used to seeing in old movies where people are out with guns hunting big animals. This was a safari to get to see and experience the environment of these animals. Uh, Am I right on that? Yes, yes. And it's, you know, and it's not a, you know, they're not behind fences or anything. I mean, this is the real, they're just living their lives out in the Matamara and, you know, you go out with rangers um, and guides that are very experienced and they, they live out there and they do this um, protecting the animals. Um, and they give you this up close personal experience with actual wildlife in Africa that, is, you know, they're, they're just out there and whatever happens, happens, you know, if they, if you happen upon a, a lion killing a, a gazelle, well, you know, that's it. That's nature. Right. Yeah. This, you know, growing up in the United States, we only read about these animals. Maybe we go to the local zoo and we see them behind bars, but you were able to actually out there in their domain, experience them and see them. That must've been uh, overwhelming or just exciting, I would guess. Right. I mean, how, how would you put it? Uh, I mean, it's both overwhelming and, and exciting. Uh, you know, it's, it's the real deal. You know, when they, they pull up to a pride of lions, they're, you know, they're not tranquilized. They're not uh, behind fences. They're just, they're the real deal. And you're just in a Jeep looking at them through an open window <laughs> and you, you know, and they get pretty close. They, uh, mm-hmm. you, they advise you, you know, they're very safety conscious and, they have rifles just in case anything were to happen, but uh, you know they say just don't keep your put your arms or head outside the window. But your the top of the jeep is open, and you're more than welcome to pop your head up at the top there, or just look at them through the the open window of the jeep. And I mean they're you know maybe six seven feet away. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible and it's uh it's definitely a once in a lifetime thing i i think you know if you have the opportunity to do it uh it's it's something that you'll never forget you're driving through there in a jeep and it sounds almost like a a role reversal right you're going through their 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 land in a cage a jeep right trying to protect yourself right a hundred percent yes You've also been to Rwanda. Now, many of us, you know, we have images of the Rwanda that probably aren't, probably don't justify what is there. My, and, and it sounds like you were able to go there and really find the beauty of this place. Could you share yes. some of that with us? Absolutely. And, and Rwanda, I, I have to say, is actually one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Rwanda surprised me like very few places have surprised me. Rwanda is green and lush and clean and and so beautiful um and you know yes we all have memories of the genocide and it was uh, a terrible thing that happened and and they've really pulled themselves out of it and come back strong uh you know all the rwandans now they don't consider themselves tutsis or hutus anymore they all consider themselves rwandans first um they're very united and very peaceful friendly people Uh, Like I said, the country is unbelievably beautiful. And what we got to do there was one of the greatest things I've ever done in my life. Even 
even better than the safari. Uh, we, we did a mountain trek where we uh, went and found uh, mountain gorillas. And uh, you, you get to spend an hour with a family of mountain gorillas. And when I tell you, I mean, you are within four feet and I am not even exaggerating. You're within four feet of an entire family of mountain gorillas who are just as curious about you as you are about them. And there is nothing between you and them. They are just going about their business. Uh, big silverbacks that can crush your head in a second. Um, the females, the babies. It's pretty special. Um, and it's very controlled. Uh, they only take a small group, a uh, group of eight people. Um, once per day uh and you only get to spend one hour with them and uh it's it's quite incredible it's really one of the greatest things i've ever done in my life yeah i can only imagine right we we learn about primates and our relationship to them and again not to keep dwelling on this you were actually able to go there in their environment and, and see them and like there's nothing near guarding you there's you're, you're just there in their environment yeah you're you're not in like. a jeep this time you you are you you hike uh you know they 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 send out um guy uh rangers in the morning to find the families and then they radio down to the guides and then you hike up to it depending on how far they are it could be a long hike could be a short hike for us it was a two and a half hour hike up the side of a volcano a very thick you know, they have machetes, they're cutting their way through. Uh, and before you know it, you just walk up on gorillas. There's, there's literally nothing between you and them. You're just standing there in awe. And that hour, let me tell you, that hour goes so fast. I could imagine. Wow. Hey, Jerry, you know, we were, we're a podcast that prides ourselves on trying to hit on all outdoor experiences. So that's why I'm excited to talk to you because now we're going to move on to snorkeling. Uh, you, you went snorkeling at the Great Barrier Reef. Can you Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, the that's one of those things where, you know, I'm not a big water guy. I don't really like going in the ocean. I, I, I have a very incredible respect for the ocean uh, and I don't feel like we belong in it. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I just kind of don't like being in it but again it's like i was in australia and it's kind of if you're all the way down at the bottom of the earth uh, you know why not go do this thing that i'll probably never do again so i went out uh and you're you're like three hours from land you know it's a it's a it's a big trip and like i said i don't really like the ocean i don't like boats so it was a big deal for me to do but uh, once you're out there, it's kind of amazing because you're, like I said, you're about three, two and a half to three hours just out into the ocean. And there you cannot see land anywhere. Like land is long gone. Yet, it's only about 10 feet deep there, which is kind of incredible. So you're out three hours away from shore and it's only three feet deep or 10 feet deep. And... Um, you know, it's it's pretty special. Um, you know, unfortunately, I guess the reef, you know, has been dying over the years. Uh, it's not doing as well as it, you know, as it was many years ago. So 
I'm sure at one time it was even more spectacular, but it was pretty incredible. I mean, just the amount of fish and colors and the coral, just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And, you know, for someone who doesn't like the ocean, I'm, I'm still very glad I did it and that I got to see it, um, especially since who knows how much longer it's going to be around, unfortunately, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess visiting Negril, as you're able to say, all right, they're related to me. We eat similar food. We, we're on land, but going in the water, we're not built to be in the water, right? Yeah, <laughs> but, um... yeah. Definitely not a water guy. I like I like being near the ocean, but in it, that's not not my favorite. <laughs> Yeah. Now you said that you were there. Might as well do it. Is that a theme with you and your wife? You're somewhere. Let's go find something interesting to do. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, with that, it definitely was more of that. But I mean, we traveled to Rwanda to to go see the gorillas. We traveled to Kenya to go on a safari. I mean, there are definitely things where it's, you know, that's the reason we've gone. Uh, but there's definitely some spontaneous more adventurous uh you know hey we're here that sounds cool let's go do that we'll be back after a quick break you ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors i try not to and i really don't because i use sawyer water filters sawyer filter technology because of their high standards Every filter is individually tested three times through the process. I've been using the permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks and the picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they'll likely have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible high-quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors. Now, let's talk about the Galapagos Islands. It's a place I've wanted to visit. Um, I've just, since I was a child, was intrigued with it. Uh, Tell us about that trip. Uh, The Galapagos was part of a greater trip. Um, That was, we we just kind of traveled around Ecuador for a few weeks. Um, we were very curious about Ecuador. Um, and then we knew that at the end of the trip, we were going to fly out to the Galapagos and spend some time. Um, so we didn't do the traditional, you know, most people go to the Galapagos by boat and they sail around to all of the islands. And it's more of like a boat diving trip. We did very much a land-based trip. So we flew to the main island. Um, which I think is called Santa Cruz Island, if I remember correctly. Um, and we spent a few days on Santa Cruz Island um, exploring, you know, it, the landscape and the and the uh, wildlife in the Galapagos are pretty unique um, because it is still so untouched by man, even though there is tourism. Um, they're very, very, very conscious of everything, the environment and, and the ecological system there. Um, even, you know, the hotel we stayed in uh, out on the, the smaller island we went to, Isabella Island, um, you know, they, you can only shower for three minutes. They, they have it basically, you push a button and the water only runs for three minutes and then it won't come back on again for like, I think another half hour or something. So it's, it's 
designed very much, the entire Galapagos Islands are designed very much to keep things pretty as they are and untouched as possible. Um, and so the animals there, the wildlife, are unique in that they're not afraid of humans at all. So things will approach you, uh, such as uh, the iguanas and even sea lions. Uh, you'll be sitting on the beach and a sea lion will just kind of literally walk up to you within a few feet of your face and just kind of look at you, sniff around, and then walk away. <laughs> hmm. um, so you can really get up close to the wildlife there. And that was another place where we did a snorkeling trip because we wanted to be able to see the turtles and um, the, you know, they have those warm weather Galapagos penguins there and they're a trip underwater. They just dive in the water and they swim so fast, like these little black and white bullets underwater. Um, so, you know, we got to do some really cool things there and see some really great wildlife. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the blue footed booby, it's the only place on earth that that bird exists. And, uh, it's somewhat almost extinct, I think, but there it's, you know, it's, there's still enough to see them. Um, so it's cool to go see things that are, you know, it's, that's the only place you can see it. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you mentioned about the showers and it, it sounds like they go to great length to protect the environment there. Would you call that visit to the Galapagos Islands, somebody going there to expect a more primitive type of vacation? Uh, you know, you know like anywhere you can, you can kind of do it how you want. I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, there's more like nature camps there that you can, you know, you can rent, basically like a tent with a, a wooden floor um, or you can do totally high end, um, you know, really nice hotels, but they're all very green. They're still very, you know, ecologically friendly. And um, even some of those, so some of those safari camp tents, like they have, they have some that are like $600 a night, you know, that are like luxury tents, you know, with a bathroom and, big king size bed, you know, you, you can do it how you, you want to do it. Um, but you're definitely going to experience even the higher end stuff in a very different way than you're used to, like the three minute showers and, you know, the, they, you know, they really make, make you separate trash in, in a way that's very, very like hardcore, you know, they take it very seriously in the Galapagos Islands, and I think they're doing a pretty great job. Um, so it, it's a it's a very unique place. It sounds like they go to great length just to make sure it's like it stays unique, and that everybody's conscious of the fact that you know this is delicate, and we it's like the whole Earth, you know, the entire Earth is delicate. Everything in our system is delicate, but it seems like they are there. They're doing it not just to preserve that, but you kind of, it sounds to me, you walk away saying, you know, these are practices that really are just reminding us, we just have to do these things to protect the environment, Look, looking long-term. You know, did you, did you bring anything back from that trip that made you look at it that way, that, you know, these practices maybe should be used in yeah, other places, not just here? Definitely. I mean, you know, I, I am a, a bit of an environmentalist. Um, I'm a vegan. Um, so, I, you know, I've, I think I 
took some nuggets away there that planted seeds that eventually turned me into the person I am now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we only get one earth and we all only get, you know, this one chance around. Uh, so, you know, we got to do what we can while we're here, each of us to, you know, make sure that there's, it's, it, it's a place that we can continue to inhabit, you know, generation after generation. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, I believe the earth will is much stronger and greater than any of us. And to think that we could kill it in some way is, is egotistical. It will survive and thrive and come back. But, you know, we, we can definitely do some damage <laughs> along the way that, that will take years and years and years to, Thanks. It, it reminds me of uh, there's an old George Carlin rant where he talks about plastic bags and how, you know, we think we're going to save the environment. And he says, look, the environment, the, the world's going to be okay. We're not going to save the world. We're the ones that are in trouble. The world's going to find a way to get rid of us eventually if we keep exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. So we're, yeah, we're, we're prote- by protecting the earth, if we're looking at it that way, well, really we're prote- protecting ourselves. Uh, because as yeah. we've seen, anybody that studied world history or you know, uh, these occurrences, there could be an occurrence that will get rid of us. <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's really about future generations. And, you know, if anybody cares about their children and their children's children, then they'll be more conscious. Now, you visited Tiger Nest Monastery. And that sounded yeah. interesting. So that was a kind of a dream come true for me um you know if, if if one of your listeners or any of your listeners want to look it up but they don't know what it is you just look up tiger tiger nest monastery on google and you see an image that you've probably seen a million times and you're like wow that's so cool or wow that can't be real or wow where is that place so bhutan is a pretty amazing country uh it was closed off to the rest of the world for hundreds of years uh and recently not super recently but in the 2000s uh reopened to the world or or opened for the first time to the world um to allow tourists um so going to bhutan is already kind of incredible because it's literally like stepping back in time they uh there's no modern well i'm not going to say there's no modern but there's no uh, they all still dress traditional dress. They don't wear clothes that we are used to wearing. They, they all dress in traditional dress that they've been wearing for, I don't know how many thousands of years. Um, and they, uh, they don't have ATMs or anything like that. It's, it's very, very, there's no Western chains. There's no, like, there's nothing that is familiar at all. Um, and it's a Buddhist country. Uh, they, they don't hunt. They, it's a, it's a pretty incredible place. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. And, and monastery after monastery, they've been there for hundreds of years, these beautiful palaces and monasteries. Uh, but the one special one is Tiger's Nest, which is a monastery that's literally clinging to the side of a cliff, like, pretty high up on a, on a mountainside. Um, and like I said, if you, if you look it up, you'll, you've probably seen it and 
thought to yourself, that can't be real, or that's, where is that? Well, it's in Paro, Bhutan, and it's a three-hour hike up a mountain to get to it. Um, and I literally almost cried when, when I finally got there, because it's one of those things that I saw many years ago and thought, that can't be real. Where is that? One day I have to go there. Uh, and then I finally got to go and being there, you know, that three hour hike was kind of hard and it's, it was hot. Uh, but it was worth every punishing step to, to get there because it was pretty unbelievable for me, especially because it was, like I said, it was something that I had carried with me for years that I really wanted to, to get there. And Bhutan's not an easy place to get to. It's, you know, it's up kind of tucked up near Nepal and China. Um, and there, you can't just book a ticket. It's like, you really have to go through a special agency to get there. And, uh, they charge a lot of money to try to keep out backpackers. So it's, they, they make it so that tourism is not a big thing there because it's such a special place and it's not polluted at all. Like the rivers are teeming with fish and they're clear. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, so they try really hard to keep it special. Um, so it's, it's not an easy place to get to, but, but going there is like worth, it's really worth it. And, and seeing tiger's nest for real up close and then, hiking to it and walking into it. It, it. it was one of the greatest things I got to do. Very cool. Yeah, that, that, I, I know that feeling that sometimes you have these images of places in your head and once you get to them, it's, yeah, you, it's, it can be emotional uh, for sure. Yeah. And it could be the opposite too. A lot of times you see pictures and then when you get there, it's actually not that great or, you know, yeah. because there's so many tourists, it's kind of like, ah, uh, it wasn't that special. But this was the opposite. This was the one of the times where it really it lived up to everything I, I was hoping for. Now, is there anything that scares you away? You seem like you're not afraid to, to take on the tough trips, going to a difficult place to, to travel to, like Bataan. And you've gone to the Galapagos Islands. You've been on a safari. Are there, is there anywhere you're intimidated to go to? Uh, I mean, yes and no. I, I, you know, like I said, like you said earlier, I mean, my wife and I have been to Iran and we got, you know, everyone thought we were crazy and it was one of our greatest trips. It's a very special place that the people are so warm and friendly. Um, so we're, we're pretty adventurous and, you know, but we're not going to go to some, like a war torn country that's in the middle of, you know, uh, a conflict. I mean, I would love to see Yemen one day, but I'm not going to go now, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but we, we try to take advantage of, of moments of peace. You know, we, um, Lebanon was on our radar for a long time and there was always problems. Uh, a few years ago, they had a long, you know, quite a long period of peace and everything was good. So we quickly booked a trip and went to Lebanon um, so we'll, we'll take advantage when we can. Um, but I, we're, we're not like fearful people. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're careful when we need to be and, um, we assess our risk 
Um, we're not stupid. Um, you know, we'll read about a place first and we'll read blogs from people who have been there and, you know, make sure it's someplace that, you know, is as safe as we think it is. Um, and we'll, you know, usually you can read about the places that are okay to go inside of a country and the places you probably shouldn't go. Like, you know, a lot of times borders with other countries, there's usually conflict. So you try to stay away from the borders, um, stuff like that. But we're, we don't have a lot of fear. We're, you know, we feel like, you know, the world isn't as scary as people think it is. And, and the more you travel, the more you realize that. Yeah. My, my boys have traveled to a number of countries and sometimes the responses are, you're going there, you know, and they're like, yeah. And they come back and, and they we had a great experience here. I learned so much about this culture or, or this part of the world, but going back to, you know, we were talking about protecting the environment and what we need to do and humans maybe being the biggest or actually being the biggest threat. We're actually the biggest threat to ourselves as too, as well. I'm listening to you talking about these areas and, and I'm thinking, you know, we're not just a threat to the earth. We're a threat to ourselves. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's just the cold, hard facts is it? Yeah. Humans are, we're our own worst enemy. Uh, we, we really are. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. You're, you're living in Mexico now. You obviously you didn't grow up there. You grew up in New Jersey from what I understand. Am I correct? Or in the Northeast? Yeah. yeah I grew up in New Jersey, uh, for the first 25 years of my life at 25, I moved to LA and I lived there for just under another 25 years. Uh, and then, uh, I retired at 49. Uh, so one year shy of 25 years in LA and, uh, we moved to Mexico. So we live in Merida, which is the capital of the Yucatan. And, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful city, old colonial city. Second safest city in North America. Hmm. Um, wow! Yeah, because you know, when, when my I, I my middle son just got back from Mexico, and again, there's this myth that Mexico is just overrun with crime. And two of my sons have been there several times, and it's, it's so far from the truth. Yes, there's crime there, but it's not any more dangerous than any of the cities in the United States. In fact, some of them are a lot safer. Hundred percent. Listen, uh, you know my family is is some of the biggest culprits. I mean, anytime they they just think I'm crazy. And you know, like when I was going to Iran, I mean they they had a meltdown. Uh, when I said moving to Mexico, I mean their their image of Mexico is that literally, like the streets everywhere, the entire country is just teeming with like gun toting lunatics. Uh, well. You know, I live in, like I said, the second safest city in all of North America. The the crime rate and the violent crime rate in Chicago, Los Angeles, you know, Detroit are so much higher. So much. It's it's not even funny. <laughs> so now I'm going to ask you probably a very tough question, but do you have a favorite place you've visited? Uh, well, my yes. Yeah. So ultimately I'm a city guy. I love visiting cities. Uh, you know, as much as I go out in nature and I do cool stuff in nature too, I'm, I'm definitely a city guy. My favorite place in the world is Bangkok, Thailand. I love Bangkok. I've been there, I think seven times. 
Uh, and pretty much any time we're in Asia or going to be passing through Asia, I make my wife stop in Bangkok for a couple of days. Um, it is my favorite city in the world. Uh, and followed closely, number two is Mexico City. Mexico City is an amazing world-class city. And that's the other thing. People, I just don't think people realize like that there's like a world-class city in Mexico, but Mexico City is like up there with Paris and Berlin. Mexico City is pretty amazing. Uh, so yeah, to answer your question, Bangkok is my favorite place. Well, it wasn't as difficult an answer as I expected it to be. So you must really <laughs> love it. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I've talked to other people that have traveled the world, and that what I always hear is, or what I get is, it seems like no matter how many places you go. There's still so much more to see out there. Do you have a dream excursion or vacation on your radar? Uh, well, a lot of the big ones have already been ticked off, um, but there's places we want to return because they're so big and we haven't, you know, we've only scratched the surface. So it's like, like India. I mean, we've been to India, but I mean, you need a like a year or more to see all of India. So there's parts of India that we still are dying to go back to um, and see um, some parts of Africa. Obviously, it's another massive continent. Um, some parts of Africa that were still high on our list. Um, and even specific countries, like we loved Morocco, um, but there's parts of Morocco that uh, that we would love to see. So yeah, I mean, our, our list is pretty much never ending. Um, and we, there's you know, always we have, something out there, right? There's always something. And, and, you know, we are, we are so curious about the world and so in love with learning about other cultures and seeing how those other cultures actually live and talking to the people that, you know, I mean, I, I think we'll, we'll have places to go and want to explore till we die. Well, Jerry Delosandro, thank you so much for coming on Papa Bear Hikes to share your experiences with us. How can people uh, follow you? I've seen your pictures. How can people keep up with your travels? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I have um, my my regular Instagram account is um, jdale1169. So it's J-D-A-L-E-1169. That's my regular Instagram account. And from there, you can find the link to my, um, like my travel photography. So even though there's, there's travel photos on both, the one I use uh, for travel photography is with a, a, a better camera. Basically, it's either iPhone photos or my actual good camera photos. So. All right. Well, once again, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all this with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. If you found it helpful or useful or just entertaining, let us know. We can be contacted at PapaBearHikes at gmail.com or check us out at PapaBearHikes01 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Get outside and have a great day.
This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.